Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. I'll give it up for Mariah. Hey guys. Um, I forgot to connect to Wi-Fi before I got on here. But I'm connected now. It's okay. <laughs> I think. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, as Clay said, I am Mariah. And i that's me <laughs> worshiping. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, just shout out to my small group because they're here. But um, if you guys aren't in a small group, it's truly life-changing, and just, yeah, get plugged into a small group. It is the best thing. I don't know if I'm connected or not. We're good. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so I know we've prayed a lot tonight, but I'm going to pray again. So... Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. Thank you for being in this room and for already stirring in the hearts of the people in this room. Thank you for just the way that you're calling out identity tonight. That for a lot of us, we've been walking in this like swirl of uncertainty, but tonight you're calling out identity. And God, this is all, this is all for you, God. So we say we're here and we're ready for what you have tonight. Amen. So um, up on the screen, there'll be a picture of my family. My fam, that's them. Uh, the one right behind me is Hope. She's usually up here playing keys, but she decided not to be here tonight. So, you know, it's okay. <laughs> nah, she's good. Uh, she's in California, so she's on the beach right now. But, yeah, so that's my family. And, um, yeah, I'm the oldest of five girls, so... It's been quite an interesting life growing up with five girls. Um, I don't know anything different, but it's been crazy. Um, So tonight, the title of my message is Alive to the Voice of Truth. And I'm going to take you guys on kind of a journey of my own life for the first part of the message and then kind of um, just share like what God's done in my life um, through that. So yeah, just buckle up. It's going to be fun. Um, Yeah, so as I said, like growing up as the oldest of five, I was called a lot of things by my parents. Um, They told me that I was really responsible. I had everything together. I kind of walked between these lines, and I didn't do anything super bad. And they would tell you to this day I was kind of like the perfect daughter until I was three. (laughs) And then I wasn't. Um, seriously, like, my parents still say that to this day, and it was an identity that I carried so proudly, like, I'm so responsible, and I am mature, and my parents trust me with a lot of things, and I love that about myself, but I found all these insecurities coming in, saying, actually, you're not, because you yell at your sisters, and you're really rude to your parents, and you don't always obey them, and sometimes you lie to them. And so I was the perfect daughter, 
until I wasn't, and I couldn't live up to those expectations. And so my life fell into this pattern of needing people to tell me who I was because inside I didn't feel like I was worth anything. I felt like I was a failure. I felt like I was unworthy. I felt like I was weak and I couldn't handle anything. I felt like I couldn't do anything or accomplish anything. And so I went from affirmation to affirmation to affirmation, just searching for, okay, this person says that I um, am am good at this. Okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then the lies would start coming in from the enemy and from my own mind, and I would be destroyed again. My world would literally crumble. But (laughs) I was a Christian, and I was raised in the church. I was raised in the Vineyard Church. I was saved when I was five. I was baptized when I was, like, 12. And... I didn't know what I was doing wrong because I had a relationship with the Father. Sorry, this mic is... And so this pattern that I fell into was trying to be someone I'm not and get approval from others, and I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. And this pattern continued throughout my life and in high school, you know, high school is high school. And I got my affirmation from all my friends. My friends saying, you are a great listener. And I was a great listener. Until I went home at night and all the the lies came flooding in. You're not a good listener. You were thinking about other things during that time. You're You're not a good friend. You're a failure as a friend. And it, this pattern continued. And I went to everything looking for approval because I was so hungry for that approval. I went to guys because they told me I was beautiful. So if they told me I was beautiful, I was beautiful. Until I wasn't, and I looked in the mirror, and I didn't like what I saw. I didn't love the, the things that they were saying about me. I didn't feel those things when I was alone. And I found it in my professors, too, because I was a straight-A student until I took math. <laughs> and then I was a C student. And I couldn't live up to this expectation that I had in my head that I had to be an A student in everything. And it got so bad, guys, that I went on this cycle of exhaustion, of self-hatred, because I couldn't live up to what people were saying about me, because I didn't believe it because I knew deep down, how could that be true? And it got so bad that I, I hated myself so much that I almost took my own life. And, I mean, that's really heavy, but it's real. Like, I just, I just hated who I, who I was and who I'd become. But I pushed it aside to be okay, because I was on a worship team, and I was reading all the right books and listening to all the right podcasts and doing all the right things, but I didn't know why I couldn't love myself. And then I came to the U of I, and yeah, so for those of you who don't know, I just recently graduated in August with my master's in social work. Um, So I'm just out of college, guys. Like I know what it's like. I've been there very recently, and I know how there's just so many things coming at you. There's so many different clubs and churches and 
professors and people and opportunities to do, and those are all great things, but there's just so much here. And I remember on my way to college, I still didn't really like who I saw. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't like who I was. But I remember thinking, okay, this is perfect. I'm going to college. No one knows me. I can, like, totally reinvent myself. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to be funny. <laughs> because for my whole life, I was not funny. <laughs> I was very awkward, actually. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to do everything I can do. I'm just going to be funny. Like, I'll just be funny. And I decided that I was going to be really outgoing because my whole life, I was not outgoing. I once um, cried because I got a speaking part in a play that I tried out for. <laughs> so I wasn't outgoing <laughs> or funny. I was only funny when people would laugh, at, laugh with me at the things that I would do. So yeah, I decided I'm going to be funny, I'm going to be outgoing, I'm going to be this person. And I did. I became this person. I was the, I thought I was, I don't know if I was, but I thought I was the funniest person. I made everybody laugh, even if it was mean. The things I was saying were mean. And I was so outgoing. I did everything. I was involved in every club. I was out till like 4 a.m. every night doing stuff with friends. Like I did everything because I was outgoing. But I would come back to that place where I was alone, whether it was in my room or at the library, and when like things settled, you know that place where you get like everything kind of settles, like your thoughts, and it, like the noise goes away and it just settles. And I hated who I was. And I became exhausted, so exhausted that I would like Literally, I couldn't even sleep or eat, which is funny because I was so exhausted. I really needed sleep, but it was my soul that was exhausted. And so then I became so exhausted that I forgot something. That's okay. Um, but during this whole time, I still lived in a Christian house. I lived at Stratford House. Love that place. Amazing place. Um, I was a leader in a campus ministry, and not alive, <laughs> and I went to church every Sunday, and again, I was reading all the right books, I was doing all the right things, and so I couldn't figure out, why do I look at myself, and why do I hate who I see, and why am I disappointed in who I am? And I was so exhausted of trying to be this person that I'd created, this facade that I'd built up because I didn't like who I really was that I started using alcohol to mask that. Because alcohol makes you really funny. <laughs> it makes most people really funny. It makes me really funny when I drink enough. <laughs> but again, <laughs> just being real. <laughs> but again, I was so mean because alcohol doesn't do good things to me. <laughs> So I went through undergrad, and I was exhausted. I didn't know who I was. I had no idea what I was doing, yet I was still trying to be a leader to people. I was still trying to help people find who they were, and I didn't even know who I was. And then, actually not too long ago, last November, um, I hit what I would say my rock bottom. <laughs> and I went home. My hometown is Danville. 
and I went out for Blackout Wednesday, if you know what that is. Or if you don't know what that is, good. But if you do, it's okay. There's grace. And I went out um, in Danville, and I was so miserable. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I was about to graduate. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to go to grad school, like what I was going to do, if I wanted to move away, if I was going to move to Spain. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I drank, and I drank, and I drank. And I got home to my parents' house. I don't know how. Uh, or I didn't know how. I know now. But, And I woke up the next morning, just being real, like, I woke up still hungover, probably still kind of drunk, and in a pool of my own vomit. And that's rock bottom, guys. Like, that was my rock bottom. And, I, like, the wave of shame that, like, swept over me as soon as I, like, came awake, as soon as I woke up, I can't even tell you how hard it was to feel that. Because I was doing all these things to try to become who I wanted to be, to try to become funny and outgoing and who I thought people wanted me to be, yet I still felt miserable and I hated who I was. And I so clearly remember God reaching down. And it wasn't in like a strong way, but it was like more of a whisper. And I feel like that's how God um, is coming in tonight. It's just a gentle whisper. Like he's so gentle. And he said, Raya, I love you. But this isn't what I have for you. And that's all. That's all he said. And I was like, God, <laughs> yeah. I don't want this either, but what the heck do I do? And so after uh, reconciling things with my parents, <laughs> um, they're so gracious, they're amazing. Um, they handled it with such grace. I asked God, I got to this place with God, and I was like, okay, God, I don't know what to do. What's next? Like, I've tried everything. I've tried the podcast, I've tried the books, I've tried alcohol, I've tried boys, I've tried everything, friends, professors, grades. I can't do it. And what God said to me, he said, spend time with me and get to know me. And I was like, cool. What else? <laughs> That's great. And he was like, no. That's it. Just do that. And sometimes we, we ask God for these, like, deep revelations of, like, God, give me this, like, big revelation. And sometimes it's enough just to know that he loves you and he wants you to know him. So that comes to the point of my message. <laughs> Knowing... And believing the voice of truth comes from being rooted in intimacy with your creator. So think about it this way. This is, I love analogies, so bear with me. Um, if a carpenter wants to build a table for his family from scratch, he goes out into a forest. He spends days finding the perfect tree, perfect wood, he brings this tree back to his um, shed or wherever he's working, lets the wood cure, 
And during that time, he's, like, designing this table. I mean, six months to a year, he's designing this table. And he's designing it so perfectly for his family. He's designing it with the correct stain, with the right legs, with everything that this table is meant to do into this, like, design and these blueprints. And so if I look at this table that we have here, and I'm like, I can say things about it, and I can say, yeah, this table is gorgeous, it's made really strongly, and it um, is meant for, like, gathering people and bringing people in. But I didn't spend time making that table. I didn't create the blueprint for that table. So I can't talk about that table. I can't say what it was like going in the forest to pick the specific wood that I needed for that table. And it's just like that with God. Is like my whole life I was looking at everything else to tell me who I was, but I never asked my creator. I never asked the person who created my blueprint and who created me before the world even began. I never asked him. And what's so beautiful about um, spending time with God is when you spend time with him, you get to know him. And when you get to know him, you get to know who it is that you were created after. Because you weren't just randomly made. You weren't just like, oh, I need this. You were created for a specific purpose after a specific person. Like when sometimes when you look at people and you're like, oh, you have your dad's nose, you have your dad's eyes, you have your dad's everything. Like you have everything that God has in you. So when you know who God is and who your creator is and who were you made to be, who you were made after, then you begin to know who you are. And you begin to recognize his voice calling out your identity and calling out who you are. And I would get so stuck on, in my past, get so stuck on people, what people were saying, when in reality, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people are saying. Only he can truly reveal who you are. And when you're in that place of intimacy, everything else falls away. Nothing else matters. And I want to read you guys Psalm 139, 1 through 6. Um, if you want to turn there, scroll there, whatever you want to do. Um, because this passage, I mean, if you've never read it, read it. If you have, read it again. So it says, O oh Lord, it's up on the screen too. You have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And I want to talk about these verses because, first of all, like, Verse 6 isn't saying, like, we can't understand what he has for us. It's just there's so much that he loves about us. We might not get to know it all till we meet him face to face. 
it's crazy because you can spend so much time with God and there's always going to be more to learn about you and him. But going back to verse 2, it says, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. Like every time you sit down and you rise up, God genuinely cares about that. And I always think about when I read this, that verse that says, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. Who knows that? <laughs> That's insane. And I love, like, okay, Hope, for example. I love my sister. She's my best friend. But, like, I'm not really interested in how many hairs she has on her head. But the fact that the God of the universe wants to know how many hairs are on your head, I mean, like, what does that tell you about how much he adores you and how much he loves you? And how much he's for you. Just blows my mind. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. He knows everything there is to know about you. There's nothing that he doesn't know about you. And nothing he doesn't love about you. So no matter what you've done or what you've said or if you've hit rock bottom like I did, he doesn't care. He knows everything there is about you, and he loves everything there is about you because he, he made everything there is about you. I think it's crazy because even before we know we're going to say something, he knows we're going to say it. <laughs> That's wild. And so I encourage you guys to, like, to keep reading Psalm 139. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I encourage you to continue reading Psalm 139. And wherever you're um, reading right now in the Word, to dig into knowing the voice of your Father, because that's the voice of, the, of truth. The people that are speaking things over you, whether they're good or bad, they're never going to satisfy this this need inside of you to know who you are based on what your father says about you. And what's crazy about learning more about God and learning more about yourself is you learn that you have full access to him. And I love that song that Dale and PK and Ben wrote because it's not just a song we sing, it's not just words we say that God is like literally, there's no space between you and God. There's literally no space between you and God. It's not for, like, good lyrics to sing. I mean, it's, it's 100% true. It's that the veil was torn, and you don't have to um, rely on other things to hear him, that you have full access to him, that you have full access to the throne room, and you can go in and just, just be there with him. So knowing God and knowing these and hearing these things that he says about you, there is a fullness that we have access to that is unlike anything else that anyone can offer. So Colossians 2, 6.10 says, So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. And I love what that says because it says, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. In him, 
in your Father, in your Creator. Continue to live your lives in Him, rooted in Him and only Him. Not what other people are saying, not what your professors are saying, not what your boyfriend or girlfriend is saying, but in Him and what He's saying. Be rooted and built up in that. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I'm going to skip over eight. And nine says, for in Christ, Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. There's fullness in God and God alone. That when you're in the presence of the Father and you're listening to the voice of truth, you lack nothing. There's no emptiness, there's no void. You have everything you need there. And as you continue down that path, you become more and more steady in who you are and who you've been created to be and that your Father really loves you. So my whole life, up until my rock bottom moment, and then my, I would call it an awakening, for sure. I looked to everyone else. And what I haven't touched on yet is whenever I felt what I was feeling, that I hated myself and I didn't love who I was, I was still reading all the right books. I was still listening to the podcast. I was still on the worship team. I was still a leader in a campus ministry. And what I want to challenge you guys with is that we have to stop going everywhere else for our identity. We, even the things that are good. Prophecy is good and it is of God, but we have to stop going there for to be rooted in our identity. Like Colossians says, you are rooted in him, not in what other people are saying and not what the podcasts are saying and not what the, everything else is saying. It's in him and him alone. And so my life, I went to my friends, and I went to my boyfriend at the time, and I went to podcasts and uh, Bethel messages. I mean, those are all good things. None of them are bad. But when you, you find yourself rooted in there, that's where I got tripped up. And I think this is funny, but <laughs> when you look at, and when you think about the words of other people, like a podcast or messages or whatever. I kind of think of them as like stale Aldi Oreos. <laughs> like they're not bad. <laughs> but like, what's it like eating a stale Aldi Oreo and then going to Walmart and getting like a fresh package of Oreo brand double stuffed Oreos and trying an Oreo? And that's, guys, that's what it's like. It's like, why would you... <laughs> Eat the Aldi Oreos. Don't eat the Aldi Oreos. They're really gross. They leave like a waxy feeling in your mouth. It's really disgusting. <laughs> but for real, what I'm saying is like, open up this word. Don't go to the other things, the fillers, the, the things that make you feel good in the moment but they don't tell you who you are for real because it's not the voice of truth. And those things are good. I'm not saying that they're bad, but I'm saying when they replace your identity, 
they're not good. So throughout my whole life, I thought I knew God. But in fact, I only knew things about God. I knew all the things about God. Like, I was a church kid. (laughs) I knew all the things about God. I could tell you, I mean, I went through Awana. Anyone go through Awana? Yeah, I've memorized, like, hundreds of verses. And I could tell you what you wanted to know about God. I could tell you (laughs) any story in the Bible, and I was proud of it. But I never knew my creator. I never knew him. And it's like, are we doing things because we feel like we have to do them to earn his love? Are we doing them because we know him and because we want to do them with him? Like when I, when I moved in with Dale, love Dale, she's my roommate. I knew a lot of things about her. <laughs> I did. But I actually didn't really know her. I mean, I, I did a little bit, but not really. But what was when I got to know her and really know who she is were the quiet moments when we sit in our living room and we read the word or we talk about life or we check in or we literally just sit in silence. And that's when I learned things about Dale that like a lot of people don't know and I never knew, but it's until I had the, I sat down and took the time to get to know her that our relationship was transformed. And it's the same with God. It's like, are you, learning things about God? Are you knowing God? Are you learning to be in relationship with him? So really quick, um, I think we talk about like intimacy and building up a relationship with God and talking with God a lot in the church and a lot from the stage, but it's like, what does that actually mean? (laughs) What is that like? And my story is unique, is all of yours are unique to your, your own character and who you are, because we were all made uniquely, we were all made differently and for a purpose, and so we all experience God in a different way. But for me, I didn't try, I, even though I'm saying, like, get in the Word, I didn't try to read the whole Bible. I went to one little part of the Bible, and I meditated on it. And I sat on it, and I chewed on it, and I was like, okay, what does this mean, God? What does it look like in my life to do this? Like, what, what does it actually tangibly mean to be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen in my class? And what does it look like to do that with my mom, who gets on my nerves a lot? <laughs> and what does it look like to do that with my ex-boyfriend who won't stop texting me? And what does it look like to do that with every single person I come across? So it's just this inner we- intertwining everything that God's saying in the word into your life. So it's not rocket science. It's not hard, and God will teach you what he wants to do with you and how he wants to do it. And in, in meditating in the word... I read this quote like a year ago, I think, I don't know. And it says, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate on the word of God. And I think we all know how to worry. (laughs) Because what worrying is, is putting your focus on something and saying, I'm going to keep focusing and spiraling down this path. But if you turn and you instead walk toward the word of God and you say, no, I'm going to focus on this, 
then you're meditating on the word of God, which is the voice of truth in your life. So I'm going to kind of wrap things up and say that my life was radically changed when I sat at the feet of Jesus and I learned who my creator was and I learned who he said I was. I mean, anyone knows, like, probably a lot of you in this room didn't know that story, the stories that I told tonight <laughs> and how my life looks totally different than even a year ago. It looks absolutely different than a year ago. And it's not because of something I did or something I said. It was because I just said yes to Jesus, and he did it the rest. Like, he did a miraculous work in my life. Like, Dale was seeing, like, he turned my messy rags of self-hatred and suicide and drinking and exhaustion, and he made them beautiful. And it's not in, like, a bragging way, but, like, guys, give God some credit for what he's doing in your life. And God wants each and every person in this room. There's not a person in this room sitting here that he doesn't want, he doesn't desire, and he doesn't adore and love. He wants, he wants every day with you. He wants every second of every day with you. He doesn't want your 15-minute devotions in the morning, and then you close your Bible and you never think about it again. He doesn't want that. He wants your devotion and everything you have in you. And my challenge to us is that we not be a generation that's okay with just Sunday morning church and Thursday night services and a 15-minute devotion in the morning, but that we're a generation that is so radically pursuing the Father, that we're so radically pursuing what he has for us and who he says about us. Because when you're radically running after something, that's when you start knowing, wow, God made me amazing. God has gifted me with these things that I never could have imagined. But until you lay down that Sunday morning church and the Thursday night meetings, he can't do anything. I was trying to put my relationship with God into these boxes of, yep, I read my Bible, I listen to podcasts, I read Francis Chan, I read, great author, I read whatever I was reading, but I never knew him. And I never knew what he said about me. So when we spend time with the one who created us, that's when we know who we are. That's when we know our identity. And everything else falls into place. So guys, let's run after the voice of truth and let's run after the Father. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, yeah, we just say, come more in this place. You are here, you are moving, but I just say, like, bring, bring your fire, God. Bring just, even now, start touching people with the revelation of who you are and who you made them to be, that you're calling out identity right now, that you're calling out, you're calling people back home. You're calling people back home and saying, I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you're at your rock bottom. But I, 
I love you, and it's not what I have for you. So God, we just, we love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.